Hey, before I get this episode started, I just wanted to take a second and tell you guys that um, my YouTube channel, The Bump Podcast, I just went through into the archives and released everything open to the public from January up to the end of May. Um, All the videos that are for my exclusive Patreon subscribers, if you want a taste of what it's like to you know to be on the Patreon and and see all the extra content and stuff. I unlocked everything from the beginning of January up to the end of May. Now, from the summer, you know, from June 1st on up, it's still locked down. It's still members only. Uh there is a lot of content. So, if you're into YouTube, if you want to sit there and watch the video, the interviews as as they happen, maybe see what people are presenting as they talk or just to see that the stuff that we usually cut out for the bloopers or whatever, you know, or the screw ups or whatever edits I needed to make on my end, I'll leave it all raw and uncut when I put it on, um, on the Patreon feed. So go to YouTube, subscribe. There's a couple hundred subscribers already. So thank you for that. But if you get on there, check it out. Um, if you want to be, you know, up to date, you can get on Patreon, subscribe. There's like five tier levels to choose from. And there's not only these archives, but everything from June and July and August on there also that I will not be releasing anytime soon. So if you want the first six months free, go to YouTube. Um, my Patreon subscribers, thank you. And I love you for all your support. I'm, Merch has been coming out to you. I've been getting emails about people saying, hey, I got a package in the mail. I got this and that. Um, I hope you enjoy it. There's more of those perks coming um, this fall. I think T-shirts are starting to sling out for the guys that have been with me for a while. So thank you for all the love and support. There's more surprises coming. Um, I got a lot of stuff in the works that I can't talk about yet because it's not definite. Nothing's locked down. But there's there's more on the way here. Anyway, get on YouTube, subscribe, check out all these videos. Most of them have like eight views, nine views, because that's all. it was only my Patreon members that could see it. So all this hard work and effort and all the stuff that the, my, my guests have been doing, it's all on there for you to see. Go check it out. Let's build this YouTube channel up. Let's get a 1,000 members up there. Um, I got a lot more listeners than that, so I know we can get that much on the YouTube channel. All right, I love you guys. It's time for the episode. When he turned his back from shoulder to shoulder, it looked like as wide as the tailgate of a truck. And this darkness, literal darkness, just came like all over, just just all over me except where I was standing. This thing let out the most blood-curdling, mind-blowing, spine-tingling scream that you've ever heard in your life, and it cut through me like a knife. And I knew that they were going to take me. I just knew it. And then the next thing I can remember is being levitated. Well, when I look in there, uh, I see two big eyes staring back at me. Hello and welcome. You're listening to The Bump Podcast, a 
place for the believers of the unexplained, monsters, and paranormal. Join us, and we'll go face-to-face with what goes bump in the night. I got another fun episode for you today. I know I say that every time. I know. Um, but today we're bringing on Jessie Lee. She is a social media um, personality, content creator, cryptid hunter, woods witch, all of the above. She uh, she has a brand called Hellbent Holler. And I'm, I found her on Instagram. I just, I get into the stuff she's doing. Um, her and her husband, Joe, I should say. They... They go out and they actually go to these different locations and try to find signs or evidence of these cryptid animals, cryptid creatures, whatever you want to call them. Um, loads of content on her Instagram. It's Hellbent Jesse with an I, all one word. Um, it was like a lot of fun. I reached out to her, see if she wanted to come on the show and talk about her experiences. I know she just got back from a Bigfoot conference and uh, not too long ago, she went out to the land between the lakes looking for dog man or any sign thereof. So I'll go ahead and bring Jesse on the show. Hey, I'm Jesse with Hellbent Holler. Um, I have a YouTube channel where I am a cryptid hunter, a paranormal investigator, a avid hiker, survivalist, a video editor. I carry a lot of equipment. I drive long distances. I do a little bit of everything. Um, and I got into the whole cryptid thing years ago. Um, I started out kind of in paranormal, uh, more like a ghost, uh, supernatural sort of thing. And it kind of evolved towards, uh, cryptids and things like that, Sasquatch, Dogman, things like that. And it kind of evolved in that direction. Uh, when I started finding kind of connections between the paranormal and cryptozoology. Um, and so it kind of melded together all of my interests at once. And my whole approach is to, I, I enjoy reading about the subject and discussing the subject and everything like that. But my main approach is to get my gear, get my camera equipment, get my hiking gear, and then hike deeply into remote areas and observe and report. Um, I like a nice boots on the ground approach to the subject. And um, I think the best way to learn about these things or what's going on is to just go out there and do it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I, I see all your content on Instagram. Uh, sadly, I have to admit, I don't get on YouTube very often unless I'm posting a trailer or something like that for my show. Yeah. Um, but I will be checking it out. Is it is it Hellbent Holler on YouTube also? Yep. It is Hellbent Holler. Yep. I think I have about 20 videos up. Um, I just put another video up uh, a couple of weeks ago that was about our big trip to Land Between the Lakes. Yes. Yeah, I, I took a trip to Land Between the Lakes. Uh, it's kind of like a mancation with me and my dad and my uncle. Uh, we kept our ear out for Dog Man, you know. <laughs> we, did, we didn't go actively pursuing anything. It was more like just a, a getaway. 
you were pursuing fishing at that point. Yes, I was. I was uh, I was in a kayak more than I was uh, in the woods, <laughs> you know, but uh, we did hear some wild boars and stuff that sounded pretty crazy at night. Oh, yeah. Uh, Land Between the Lakes is a really, really, it's a really wild place. Um, I had never been there before. We, we're down in the upstate of South Carolina, so I had never been. I'd, I'd been to Kentucky one time. I went to CryptidCon a few years ago, and we loved Kentucky. But um, we, you know, we had been looking into the Dogman phenomenon and the Beast of LBL, and just when that whole I don't know if you heard about this thing with the Cryptid Studies Institute. They did an interview with a guy who claimed to be a survivor of the massacre at the Land Between the Lakes. So we decided, all right, we've read about this. I've watched all these videos. I've heard all these accounts and all this stuff. And it's hard to kind of piece together what these places look like, you know, like you can look at maps and you can watch videos and you can read all these accounts and stuff, but you're not going to really be able to know what the what the terrain looks like and what the area looks like and, and get a real sense of the reality of the situation unless you're there. So we decided it's summer, we're gonna have a dog man summer. Normally we focus mostly on Sasquatch type stuff, um, but we do a lot of other supernatural, paranormal, because I think that all of that stuff kind of crosses streams a little bit, you know? I um, I'm not, I don't subscribe to the ape theory, really. I, I think that there is something higher than that, something more supernatural than that as part of the phenomenon. So I'm, I'm very open-minded to everything uh, when it comes to uh, the origins of this, the connections to the supernatural or paranormal or interdimensional. I mean, I'm open to any kind of idea because nobody really knows. So I... Uh, we were looking into Dogman and got on a kick on Dogman and we're looking into the Land Between the Lakes phenomenon and the uh, massacre that apparently occurred in the early 80s. So we planned the trip. We decided, let's just go up there. Let's just go do it. Went up there and, uh, you know, started filming. We just film everything we do and went to the, we figured out, we looked at maps and listened to all these different accounts and read all these different accounts and use all these different sources and we studied maps and everything and we figured out where we think the massacre took place. I mean, it matches everything. Then we went to the area and checked out all the stuff that was in that particular area and filmed the whole thing. Uh, in the process of doing that, I got a insane thermal image. Did you see my thermal image? I did not see your thermal image. Oh, okay. So that last video I put out, um, at the, towards the end of it, I present my thermal image that I got, I got two amazing thermal images. Uh, I just got a Pulsar Axion XQ38 thermal camera. Wow. And that is a, I mean, that's a Cadillac compared. I was working with a FLIR uh, Scout TK for so long that I got this Pulsar. And I, I, I mean, the images in it are insanely clear. People use it to hunt coyotes and stuff like that. Oh, wow. Um, so, but it, the images are like shocking. It's, it, it's towards the end of my video, you can check it out, but it's a, it looks like a giant canine head that it came up out of the ditch and there's like a ravine there, like a ditch ravine kind of thing in the woods, not far from us. And it just came up out of there and we got two images of it. Oh, wow. And, oh yeah. And it's, I, 
we got we we reviewed the the images and reviewed the footage and we we're just like what no way because yeah. it's you don't i mean we went there to just check it out see what it looks like see what land between the lakes is like um you know see the bunkers and see the area and check all that stuff out and you're like okay well we, we might hear something we might get kind of what we usually get you know sounds and stuff like that and we were looking at that image and we we're like oh my god we that is that a dog man i mean is that a dog man did we really i mean we saw it and it happened and that's i mean it, you don't expect you never expect these things to right. happen like that you know um but i mean it's i mean and you can interpret that that photo any way you want i know what i see um but it's it's really a shocking thermal image well i'll definitely have to check that out i'm you know i was on the fence about dog man forever i i, was, I thought i thought the whole dog man thing for so long i was like these people yeah what is this because like everybody gets a little crazy about the dog man thing and i was like these people what is this what is this and then god the more stories i hear and the more yes things I find, I, I mean, there's a research area we go to in North Georgia, where we were finding canine prints in the woods that were this big, you know, and I'm like, what, so somebody has a freakishly large dog out here in the middle of the woods, nowhere near a trail, nowhere near any of this stuff, just out here, a, like a, the largest dog in the world is apparently out here in the woods. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, God, that's so weird. I just, and then more of these things, they keep, it just snowballs, you know, it's, it's, it's sands in the hourglass and it just one little grain of sand at a time until you're like, this thing's real. Yeah. This thing is real, you yeah. know? What, what got me to start at least entertaining it? And I don't know how else to describe what, you know, is, is what you're talking about, a, a giant track. Yeah. A, a good friend of mine his wife took the photo uh, in Kanawha County, West Virginia. It's like our capital city, you know, mm -hmm. of this dog track that's the size of her hand. You yeah. Know? It's like literally the size of her hand, like six inch, seven inch track. What do you do with that? You know, yeah. it, it's clearly a dog track. You know, I, I've hunted for 25 years. I know what a, you know, I know what a, a dog track looks like. Yeah, and, and you know, bear tracks are huge, yes, but they're distinctly different yes. from a canine track. Yes. This it's, and, and I know, and forever, forever, I was just like, nah, but this is crazy, this is crazy, and now it's like, it's real, it's real, it's all real, you know? Yeah. What do you think it is? The uh, dog man? Yeah, the, the dog man. We'll get into what you think about Bigfoot and stuff in a minute, too, but. Oh, yeah, I, I, I'll talk about anything. I, I'm telling you, I've. I, I'm a little out there on some stuff. Um, I am too. I, I've seen too much stuff in all of my years. I used to live in New Orleans. I lived in New Orleans for 10 years and I saw some stuff, you know, I mean, I, I have an open mind to so many things. And so I just, I kind of laughed off the dog man thing for a long time. And now there's just so many things that are presenting themselves that I'm like, this thing is real. This thing is absolutely real. Yeah. Um, so what do I, what do I think it is? Um, I don't know. You know, there's a lot of, I don't think it's, I don't think it's a werewolf in the traditional sense, like the, the European legend of a werewolf, a man that, you know, transitions to a wolf under the full moon. I don't think it's that. Um, I, 
I honestly, I think it's a demonic entity. Me too. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Because I mean, all of these witness accounts where they talk about that there's like a, a like a mind speak, you know, in, in Sasquatch, there's people report mind speak and stuff like that. Yeah. They reported the Dogman all the time that the dog that it it says I could kill you right now, I could destroy you right now if I wanted to, and it seems like it threatens people constantly, and it seems just evil, you know. It seems like it comes from a evil place. It seems demonic. Yeah, I'd see, I, I think the same thing. I think if they're seeing this dog man creature, it's some kind of demonic entity that feeds off of your fear. Yeah. You know, all that low vibrational energy that that you give off when you're scared at your lowest yeah. point, that's what they that's what they thrive off of, you know? Yeah, it, it maybe it makes it stronger. It makes it, it you know, and with like tulpas, you know, when more people believe in them and fear them and feed into that energy, they they come into existence, you know? Maybe it's yeah. some sort of similar situation. Yeah, that's, that makes sense to me. But I, I live in a spiritual world, you know what I mean? I, I see everything in, in that aspect. So that, that works for me. <laughs> yeah I, that, yeah uh, i mean and i know that i mean there's there's such a dividing line with a lot of people who do cryptid work or research or anything like that there's a lot of people who you know if you even suggest a supernatural element they they lose their minds they yeah. absolutely lose their minds and i'm like okay so you're looking for an eight or nine foot tall ape say it's an ape running through the woods and you see an orb oh there's no orb i'm sorry that's too crazy for me i'm looking for this nine foot tall ape okay right. i don't want to talk about these lights floating through the woods you know yeah, yeah. you're nailing it everything yeah. <laughs> everything that I, I question you're nailing it so i'm right there with you yeah uh you know like what's what's the what's the drawing line you know what's the line in the sand for these people if, if yeah. you believe in a nine foot monkey that's running through the woods of west virginia do you not believe that there could be something else out there? Exactly. And then you you say, okay, all right. So you say, all right, it's just an ape. It's a it's an ape, an undiscovered ape running through the woods. Okay. Well, what about the reports of the glowing eyes? Mm. Oh well, you know, some some animals have self okay self illuminated eyes. Okay, no mammal. I mean, do any mammals have self-illuminated eyes? Okay, no, 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 all right. No, I don't think so. Um, do any other animals, uh, you know, mind speak or whatever? You know, people report having like mind speak. Yeah, like the I, Ron Warhead calls it quantum entanglement, which I love right. that phrase. Yeah. Um, I mean, no other animals do these things. So they're like, oh well, you know, they they can do that. Okay. Uh, why can't we get them on trail camps and stuff like that if it's just a monkey? Well, they can see the IR. No mammals can see IR. Right. So, I mean, so, all right, so it's a basically an ape, but it's a special ape, but there's nothing weird or supernatural about this ape, you know? The best ex explanation I've heard for it being seemingly supernatural, but not, um, it came from a guy named Trey. He has a, a, a social media presence. Uh, uh, Squatch Me Now? Squatch Me Now. Yeah. I, I had him on a few weeks ago maybe two weeks ago. Um, and he described it as, you know, he believes it's a natural being, you know, mm -hmm. as a creature that hasn't had to depend on the crutch of technology. Yeah. That, you know, if, 
if man were to never have advanced technologically, that maybe our senses and our abilities would have heightened as well. We would have evolved in a different way. Right. To where yeah. you know, our third eye would be open still. Uh, we could we could communicate telepathically. We might be able to, you know, have a way of cloaking or whatever by yeah. you know shaking, you know, vibrating our body, you know, get our hairs to stand up and shimmy or whatever. You know, and be more adept to the environment. You know, yeah. um, these things if they evolved in if they they evolved in this environment, this is their environment. We rely right. on technology. Yeah, we evolved in that environment. Right. Um, so it, the, it, you go into your strengths, you know, so yeah. I mean, I like that theory. I mean, yeah. I'm open to that theory. That, that's the most believable uh, that I can go with. It's not woo. You know, I, yeah. I, I, I lean more towards the woo camp. The more interviews I do, the more people I talk to, the more books I read. I just I know less and less. You know, yeah. I, I can't understand. It goes above my head. So, yeah. And that's the thing is, is I think it's really important to just i mean listen to these accounts listen to these stories and everything oh, like that and if it does and if somebody says something that doesn't fit your narrative i'm sorry you still have to take that into consideration yeah. you know you can't just focus on the narrative that you want to build or the narrative you want to accept um you you have to take all of the information that is given to you and assess that right. and That's if what... that includes floating lights or mind speak or you know, all of these supernatural type elements, if that includes that, I'm sorry. I mean, you're doing a disservice yeah. to the subject if you just ignore these things. And that's what science is, right? You take all right. the information and you keep your bias out of it. Yeah. And you let the, you know, let it fall where it falls. So, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, you, you just said a second ago that you lived in New Orleans for 10 years. Yes. Okay. Now, anything you tell me from here on, I'm going to believe it because <laughs> I lived in Shreveport for six years. And oh, I'm, I'm sorry to hear that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, woo. <laughs> and I visited New Orleans. Uh huh. Uh, one night was plenty. You know, okay. I went to like Marie Laveau's House of Voodoo. Mm -hmm. uh, I believed I was in a real House of Voodoo. I don't think it was any kind of commercial gimmick, you know. Uh huh. Uh, you can, my my friend Rose works there, so shout out to my friend Rose. She works yeah. at uh, Marie Laveau's House of Voodoo on St. Peter. Yeah, she's that, my bruja. That place, you can feel it. Like the whole time I was down there, you just you could feel that energy. Yeah, yeah, that is. Yeah, um, I, uh, I I bartended on Lower Decatur Street. Uh, I did graveyards five days a week, so two a.m. to ten a.m. five days a week. Okay. Um, on Lower Decatur in the French Quarter. Yep. And it was, it, it's a whole different, it's a whole different world. You know, it doesn't even feel like it's, it doesn't even feel like it's a part of the United States in its own way. you know, it's, it's, it's such a, it's a world apart. Um, just in attitude of everyone and the feeling of the entire city and the history and everything. It's, it's a lot. Um, I, I have like a weird theory about New Orleans uh, that, you know, you hear stories about the vampires and stuff like that. Um, the only vampires I ever met were, you know, people who were 
goths that hung out in bars. That's the only kind of vampire <laughs> that had fake teeth in, you know. Right. But I think that that sort of legend and that sort of um, concept comes from, I think the city itself is a vampire in a way. Um, I've known so many people down there that they show up and it just slowly takes the life out of them. Yeah. Um, I think that it drains like a life force out of people until it finally just grinds them down. Uh, especially, you know, vulnerable people like in the French Quarter and stuff like that, people that are part of the service industry and everything like that, they show up, they're vulnerable people, and it just slowly grinds them down. And I think that the city itself kind of takes energy from people and it just keeps, you know, it, it just like banks it in a way. But you can really feel, you can feel like the energy of the city as soon as you cross over like Pontchartrain and you get through New Orleans East and you get into the city, it's like alive. You know, the city itself, the ground is alive. Yeah. You know, that makes so much sense. It yeah. really does. That it, the whole city, the whole area is a vampiric yeah. area. Uh, you know, I, while you were talking, I was thinking, man, that sounds so much like West Virginia. You know, it's yeah. like people come here and yeah, we, we get by, but if you're not from here, you don't you don't really understand you know it's like there's a lot of hopelessness that yeah. has kind of bled into it and i maybe it's that maybe it's these hills you know that yeah you know that are a billion years old or just yeah and it i'm it's it's almost like the memory is ingrained in the area and the memory it's not just a memory it's a living thing yeah. and it is it is it something created? Is it something older? You know, was it always there or has it just been fed by the people there or has it always been there? Is it something much, much older than the people there and the people just feed into it? Right. Well, yeah. on that note, this area, I, I'm in Southern West Virginia. I'm in Logan County. And okay. So I'm, I'm about 30 minutes away from Kentucky. Okay. Which is my second favorite state. <laughs> I love but, Kentucky. Every time I go, oh God. I love yeah. Kentucky. We I, love it's so beautiful and it's yeah. so creepy and it's I love Kentucky. Yeah. You know, but this area, you know, eastern Kentucky and southern West Virginia and northwestern Virginia, uh, this used to be called the dark and bloody ground mm -hmm. you know, by the Native Americans. Like they, there wasn't a whole lot of settlements here. This was a lot of hunting grounds. But as far as settlements, there were certain, you know, certain tribes um like the shawnee that would stay yeah. here but this was almost you know this cursed land even yeah. back then you know so i think that what you say about new orleans i think that there there are areas like that throughout the world you know yeah. much less the united states that that have this effect on people that absolutely absolutely <laughs> so let me ask you this the paranormal got you into cryptids. I, I can see that connection. What got you into the paranormal? Was it something you were just born into? Or? I, I'm from Western North Carolina. I'm from Haywood County. Okay. Um, I, uh, I had a great, great aunt that was a, I, my, my, my aunt tells me stories about her. She, um, she was like a local 
uh, I'd say a, a local healer that in in Appalachia call them granny witches. Yeah. But there was all these stories they would tell us about how she somebody would be in an accident, you know, with a piece of farm equipment or something. And they'd break their leg or something would happen and they'd go up and she was, you know, they, they, you know, they didn't have hospitals. They didn't have doctors, anything like that. They'd go up to her and tell her, you know, we need you to come down. And she'd say, oh, I'll meet you down there. And they'd be like, well, okay, well, we're going to go. I'll meet you down there. They'd go down there and she's already there. You know, just <laughs> weird stories like that. Right. Um, my mother will, you know, it's always this weird Appalachian witchery that is, something that we all do and you know everybody every it's always just been something that everybody kind of does in my family little things like my mom can do my mom can take a pregnant woman and yep. take a needle and thread and deter, and she's been 100 accurate every time yeah you know stuff like that and so that kind of thing has always been interesting and like a part of my life and always like oh well that's that and you know um and it's always just been something normal in that way and um, so when I was younger, I've always been kind of open to that. My mother's always been open to, um, kind of like open to seeing things and sensing things. And so was I, um, so I've had a lot of paranormal experiences. I've seen people standing in doorways that I just went, I just got back from their funeral and I see them standing in a doorway and then I close my eyes and open them again and they're gone. You know, it's, I've had a lot of instances like that. And I think it's just being open to it and then experiencing it and then pursuing it. Um, and I've, I've been pursuing, I've been pursuing the supernatural and just the other for so long that it's become part of me and it's become part of my life. Um, I use, I use talking boards. I use spirit boards regularly. Um, I've done that since I was about 10 or 11 years old. I've used spirit boards regularly and I use, I use that probably about weekly, you know, and it's something that I do all the time. And I, I, I do ritual magic. I do it. I, I perform rituals and things like that. Uh, when I go into the woods, I always take weapons. I always take, you know, tomahawks and guns and knives and everything, everything I carry, I blessed, um, because what I do is dangerous. And if, I honestly believe that these things are out there, which I do. Um, I'm going to take, you know, weapons, but I'm going to take physical weapons, but I'm also going to take spiritual weapons. Yeah. So I, I have always participated in that. And I've had a lot of strange experiences just my entire life. And it just, it seems like it happens. And I'm like, okay, all right. And then I just roll with it, you know? Yeah. Um, it's just, it's always been part of my life. Yeah. I love that. Um, I'm very interested in a lot of the things you were just saying. One, I don't, I don't have any association with this guy, um, but I'm about to plug a book. Okay, okay. I keep it, I keep it over here beside my sage. Uh, being from Appalachia, I think you'd appreciate this. I'm gonna try to get it to where you can see it in the camera. But are you familiar with a a guy named Jake Richards? I don't think so. Okay, well he wrote a book. He he's written a couple of books but one is called Backwoods Witchcraft. Okay. Conjure folk magic from Appalachia. That is in my Amazon cart right now. So yes. I, okay. Because All right, I will order that today. I don't know if you can see the tabs, but I've got like almost every page tabbed on this. I love everything about this book. And it reminds me so much of just here at home, you know? Yeah. Uh, like what you're talking about with your mom and stuff and what your family just does things that, 
it's all it's all in here. It's it's all real Appalachian history. Um, and it's I'm, things that I mean, it's things that you know, and and a lot of people say, oh well, you know, uh, it's witchcraft, it's evil, and things like. But you know, everybody I know that is in my family that does these things, it's just part of our lives. Yeah, it's it's, it's not evil. It's not anything like that. I mean, it's as simple as planting by the signs and things like that, um, yes. which they feature that in the Foxfire books and things like that. Yeah, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, I mean, it's just ingrained in Appalachian culture um, yeah. that there is, there is such a, a, a high level of spirituality among the people of the mountains because it's a hard life. I mean, it was a hard life for so long yeah. that you know, it and people brought these customs from the old world into the new world and it developed and you were, you know, living a hard life and spirituality was so important and it's still important. And uh, it's just a part of life. It's a part of everyday life. And that's, you know, whether it be reading signs or superstition or speaking to the dead or customs and, and that, that, you know, you perform rituals and rites and cemeteries. I mean, I know people that do that in my family. Yeah. Um, it's just a part of everyday life and having connection with the other side and the other, which, you know, could mean anything, you know, like any kind of other entity. Um, that's something that is accepted as something that happens, something that's true, something that is ingrained in our history and our culture. Yeah. So obviously for you, it's about as unfair as somebody asking me what got you into the paranormal. It's just life, right? <laughs> it, it, yeah. It just, it's, it just, just, it's just part of who we are and what it's, it's just our culture, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, get that book. If it's in your Amazon cart, get that book. You won't regret it. I will. I will. I've tried like hell and to get him on my show and he's like, yeah, man. And then I don't hear from him again for two or three months. So we'll see. Well, I'll buy a book and I'll, I'll demand him come on. <laughs> <laughs> Something else you were talking about is, uh, yeah, I, you're obviously into survival and uh, that kind of ties into what we were talking about with Bigfoot too. You know, if, if you're out in the woods, if you're out, you know, camping for two or three days, you can feel your own senses get heightened. You know, like you kind of tune into yeah. nature and all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. But you got some of the coolest gear. You had this chest rig that I'm about to order. Uh, I think it was like hill hill people gear. Hill people gear. Yeah. I, yes. I love that thing. Um, um, I actually, I I have uh, the chest rig. Joe wears a chest rig. That's what we carry our pistols in. Yes. Um, because yes. when we we have we have we have firearms on us all the time. Right. Um, where it's not completely prohibited um but we otherwise we have knives bear spray but we go completely armed all the time because we believe this stuff is out there that it's this stuff is real yeah um and if you go out there and you have nothing to protect yourself but you say that you believe that these things exist and you go out there with nothing i don't think you believe these things exist because right. do, what do you what what you know i mean it's it it you have to protect yourself. Yes. Uh, so I always, I always have a pistol in there. Joe carries a pistol. Um, we carry multiple knives and stuff like that. Uh, but yeah, I am a, I am a huge gear nut. Um, but it, it comes with the territory because we, we don't just park our car and hike in a quarter mile and then set up for a few hours and knock trees and whoop and do that. We don't do any of that stuff. 
we carry a lot of gear. We carry a lot of camera equipment. Um, we carry everything we need to survive in the woods as well. Uh, so that's why we have these huge Osprey packs and we have like battery backups for everything. We bring tons of camera equipment, tons of research equipment. We use EMF uh, readers. We use, I mean, we just have multiple recorders. We just have tons of stuff. And then on top of that, we have all of our camping gear too, because we have to go out there and survive being in the woods. And if we, if something's happening and we were like, okay, we got to stay tonight, then we can just stay. You know, right. we don't have to worry about, oh, well, it's getting late. We need to leave. We've hiked, you know, we've hiked 10 miles out here. Let's stay. Things are going on. So we've got everything we need. We carry everything on our backs and bring it in. We've got everything we need to film and record and collect data. And I mean, I think that that's, that, I mean, that's, I don't want to say that that's the best way of doing things because what a lot of people do in terms of research, that's very important. And if you're physically unable to go out into the woods and do this, then that's great. Do what you can do. Right. But I, I mean, I suggest to anybody, get a little bit of equipment, get a backpack and just go hike into the woods. And of course, have a personal locator beacon because I don't want you to get missing 411. Yeah. Uh, but you know, go into the woods and just start doing it. Uh, start filming, start recording. Um, because I, I think that that's the only way that we're going to get more evidence is if more people are doing this and more people are are going into the field and going into the woods, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's good advice. That, yeah, that I mean, I, and I tell people all the time. I mean, I have, we have, we have, I mean, I have a nice camera. I've been doing this for a while though. Um, but I have a nice camera and I've got, you know, a really great thermal I just got and I have all this equipment that you can just start with an off-brand GoPro off of Amazon for 40 bucks. Yeah. You can start there. You can start with your cell phone and just just do it. Just go out there and there's nothing that we're doing that you can't do, that anybody can't do. Um, it's just a matter of being brave and doing something. Yeah, well, I love that. And that's that's a good, I, I was going to ask, you know, how would somebody get started in this? If, you know, if somebody was interested in doing it. Yeah. Uh, and I if anybody see. has any questions, I let, I answer, I answer all of my direct messages on Instagram. My Instagram is uh, at helmet Jesse. Um, but I answer all my direct messages. If you have any questions, I'm, I'm so happy to help. I just, I want other people to do this too. Um, I, I, it's, it's been very rewarding for me to do this because I get to go be in the woods and that's where I am just happiest and at my most zen. But I'm also, I'm hunting monsters, you know? I'm geared up, I'm going out there and scary stuff happens. And my adrenaline spikes, uh, I get terrified, I get scared and I am i feel like I'm living. It's its a great way to live. I mean, it's absolutely a great way to live. And I'm, I feel like I'm gathering evidence of something. I don't know what sometimes, like, I don't know if this is, a Sasquatch thing. I don't know if this is a paranormal ghost thing. I don't know if this is a dog man thing, but I'm, things are happening in the woods yeah. and I, I'm just going out there and I'm observing and reporting whatever happens. I'm, I'm filming. I'm, I'm just, I'm gathering the evidence here. That's all I'm doing. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. 
Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus. Stay chill or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I want to take just a minute to tell you guys about SquatchSurvivalGear.com. If you're into camping, bushcraft, survival, prepping, or just looking for an everyday carry, SquatchSurvivalGear.com has everything you need. They have the gear to help you survive the worst day of your life. You know, it's just to help you be ready. Uh, For me, I have the Rock Ape Pack. It's one of the backpacks that they offer. It is, it's a good size bag. You know, it, I, I took it out on my last trip for a, for a four-day camp, and everything I needed fit in there. Um, they have things that go from that size down to, like, a sling bag. They have a bigger bag, you know, like the Grassman or the Yowie. Uh, if you haven't noticed, they have cool names, too. You know, they're named after, you know, these cryptids, the Minahuni. Uh, they, 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 they got it all. But the gear itself is 100% made in America, Every component is made in America. Um, the guy that's designing them and making them here, his name is Chris. He's been on my show a couple times, but he's a uh, he's a veteran, and he went with the gear that he used while in military service and reconfigured it to to be even better and made it available you know to the civilian sector. Top of the line gear, absolutely bomb proof. I love it. Best I've ever had in my life. You know, I've I've had Camelbacks, I've had LL Bean, I've had uh, some some really high end stuff, but this Squatch Survival gear, it just it steals the show. Uh, it's fantastic gear. So go to SquatchSurvivalGear.com. You can use promo code Bump Ten and save ten percent on anything on the entire site. Well, um, speaking of things that happen in the woods. Mm-hmm. Or, or elsewhere, um, would you mind telling me about what you can you just pull it out of the air? If it's too quick of a question, we can circle back to it later. Okay. But uh, what is one of the most memorable um, encounters or experiences that you've had in all this adventure that you've, you've been going on through? <sighs> Land Between the Lakes was crazy. It was crazy. It really was. Um, I know I mentioned that before and I talked about that before. It was really crazy. And that was, I felt like that we had gotten to a point with that because we had been doing this for years now and kind of 
uh, trial and error on how to do this and how to record and how to film all this stuff and still be present in the moment mm -hmm. and still be out there experiencing these things and, you know, uh, being self-aware, being situationally aware and all this other stuff. There's a lot of plates spinning when it comes to these things. And, and you have to do the technical side, but then you also have to do the research side and you have to be open and you have to be prepared and you have to be ready mentally and spiritually for what could occur. Um, so I think that we had gotten to a point when we got to Land Between the Lakes that we are able to be open to more things. Um, but what got me, probably my most memorable thing was the first time that we went out doing this kind of thing. Um, it, I, we didn't film it at all. Uh, this is what started the whole thing is we were listening to podcasts and one came up that, you know, this guy saw a witch on top of a waterfall in a uh, national forest near us and that she had turned into some sort of forest cat. Yeah. And, you know, and I was like, that's not far. Let's With human go. eyes, right? It, she kept like human-like eyes. Yes. So the area is called Panther Town. Do you remember this? Yeah, I remember this episode. Yeah. You remember this. Okay. I was like, that's not far from us. I was like, let's go. Let's just go. So I found it. And this is before we, this is before we decided, oh, let's do this kind of thing. I was like, let's just do some legend tripping, you know? I was like, let's do some legend tripping. Okay. So we took all the notes and everything, figured out, okay, this is the trail, everything, planned our trip, went out there, uh, found the trail, you know, we were just going to hike the trail, just normal, go hike the trail, go find the waterfall, and, you know, just check out the area and see the spot, so we went out there, um, and this is in the Panther Town Valley uh, in North Carolina, and it was kind of hard to get there, um, the directions on the GPS were a little wonky and we so we had a map and everything out we we're like all right okay we got this so we finally we went down a wrong road and there is a camp for troubled teens down a road that's nearby it's like okay that's weird all right so it's like yeah. wilderness therapy kind of thing all right so they turned us around we had to leave so we got left over there and then we finally found where the trail was um, we start going down the trail. Everything's kind of normal. Um, it's a hike. It's a normal hike. Everything's cool. Uh, there's nobody else out there. It's completely empty. Um, we're going, we're hearing weird sounds and stuff. We're kind of just, we can be chatty Cathy's with each other sometimes, Joe and I. So we're talking and walking and everything like that. And then we start hearing like in the distance, kind of a, a whistle in the woods and I was like okay that's weird okay all right and then we're just like all right so all right so we got a woods witch out here or something so we're walking it was a rough trail and then our gps just stops working we went down a side trail we're like this is not right I looked at the map I had a paper map I was like this is not right we went the wrong way the gps is taking us a, the we had a garmin gps and it's like taking us somewhere else um, it starts malfunctioning completely it basically shuts down I was like oh my god okay all right this is weird um, my phone starts shutting down everything. We just started having electrical interference with everything. Like, ah, that's weird. Okay. So we just keep going, you know? Um, <laughs> so we just keep going and there's a, uh, like a, a creek and it's a wide, like rushing creek. It's not a river, but it's a deep creek and you have to cross over it, um, to get further on the trail. So we cross over it and there's a few 
stones in the middle and then there's like a, a limb hanging down. So you grab the limb, you go across. Uh, we cross the, cross the water and then get to the other side, go see a waterfall, take a picture, you know, and hang out there. And then we're like, all right, well, it's going to start getting dark soon. Um, and it was a new moon. So it was going to be completely pitch black that night. So we start to come back over the creek. Uh, Joe goes first and he crosses, no problem. And then I go to cross the creek and I step on the stones and I get to the middle and I hold on to the branch and I'm standing in the creek on the stone and I just black out. Um, I don't remember anything from this. So what I'm gonna tell you is what Joe told me happened. So Joe told me that I stood there, I let go of the branch that I was holding to steady myself. And I just stood there and I put my hands down by my side and just looked straight down. And he goes, Jesse, Jesse, come on. And he's reaching out to me and he's like, come on, come on. You gotta get across the, you gotta get across the river, come on. And I looked up at him and I said, I don't feel good. And he goes, oh, no, 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 come on, come on. And I'm completely blacked out at this point. And he's like, you got to get over the river. You got to get over the river. And I just stood there. And then I, was, I looked at him and I went, no, no. And then he just grabs me and pulls me. So he gets me to the other side and I go down. I throw up. Um, I come to, I'm like, what, 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 what just happened? What just happened? I'm sick. I threw up. He's like, you, you, you just like went out. You just, you were gone. And I was like, okay, okay. And I was like, I'm really sick. I don't feel good. I was just so ill. And he's like, we got to get you out of here. Let's get you some water. I had eaten. Um, I had plenty of water. I had my camel back. I had been drinking water. I was not hydrated. I had eaten earlier. Um, I was fine. I was 100% fine until I got in the middle of that river. And I just got completely I, I just, I, I left, I blacked out. And then I, he said that I wasn't even there. He's looking at my eyes and I wasn't even there. Um, so the further I got away from that river, uh, I, I felt better and better. I was like, okay, all right, I'm okay. I'm okay. It's fine. I'm okay. That was weird. Yeah, that was really weird. Okay, let's go. Let's just get out of here. Let's get out of here. Well, we're walking down the trail and we look down at one part of the trail. And like I said, there's been nobody out here this entire time. I looked down and in the middle of the trail where we had been a, a couple hours earlier, there was sticks arranged in a pattern that looked like symbols. Um, I don't wanna say runes, but it, they, they were akin to runes. Um, they weren't runes because I know what runes looked like, but it was symbols and sticks laid out in a line across our path. And I took a photo of it with my cell phone that was now working. And I was like, okay, I got a video, I got a photo. I was like, that's weird, that's weird. That was not here, because I'm short. So I have to look down when I hike a lot, so I don't trip over rocks. I said, I would have seen that. I would have seen this. It was, I mean, it was so prevalent right there in the middle of the trail. Um, so, like, okay, so we keep going. And all of a sudden, rocks come from either side of us. Well, that does From that. the woods. Yeah. and we're like okay okay this is so weird and we we're getting, just starting to get really freaked out um and then you hear a growl but it wasn't like a deep guttural growl it was like a high-pitched growl you know um in the woods and I was like this is terrifying this is mm -hmm. absolutely terrifying we had had rocks at the same time come onto the trail in front of us 
and we are just trying to get out of there. We're just like, we've got to get, we've got to get out. We've got to get out of here. So we are starting to go. Joe then gets this overwhelming feeling of we are, are in danger. You know, um, he was a bartender in New Orleans too for graveyard. So he's, he knows when there's danger. You know what I'm saying? Um, and he just had this overwhelming terror that came over him and he unzipped his chest rig. And he's like, I don't know if I have to pull my pistol. I don't know if, um, we're in danger. I don't know what this is. I don't know what's going on, but we were both just like terrified. It was just a overwhelming, just sense of fear. Um, and we're going down the trail and we're trying to get back to the car. And in the distance in the woods, Joe starts seeing a face in the woods, a white, like a bone white face in the trees. And it might be Paradoilia, it might be that, sure. We're kind of heightened, we're kind of freaked out. Things are kind of weird. All right, he, so he told me about it and I was like, okay, we're okay, let's just get out of here. He's like, I'm seeing stuff, I'm seeing stuff, but it's okay, let's just get out of here. So we're getting out of there. We're both just terrified. It was one of the most terrifying, like, and, and it almost seems like for no reason. It's like, other than the rocks, well, I don't want to say no reason, but uh -huh. other than the rocks, the weird growl, the weird incense at the creek, but now we're just going down the trail and we're trying to just hustle to get out of there. The sun's setting, it's getting darker. Um, and we get to the end of the trail and we come up to the hill and there's a truck sitting next to our truck and there's three guys there and it's it's summer okay mm -hmm. the three guys are wearing long sleeved flannel shirts and i mean it's hot it is hot like i'm wearing i'm basically wearing like a sports bra and leggings and, and it's so hot they're wearing long sleeve shirts and they're all sitting there and they're leaned up against the truck and they're staring at us when we come up out of the trail and just they had these smiles on their faces that were inhuman in a way mm. and mm. one of them just says to us did you make it to the waterfall and we were, we were just like yeah uh yeah yeah we saw the waterfall it was really nice yeah we're uh we just you know we want to get out of here before the sun went down the guy goes yeah waterfall's real beautiful ain't it and he just like drinks his beer and just they're smiling at us this entire time these wicked freakish smiles it was just odd but one of the weirdest things is the smell around where these guys were it smelled like a rotting corpse it was that sickly sweet just stomach turning smell of what smelled like a rotting corpse and there's these guys in 100 degree 95 percent humidity wearing long sleeve shirts just smiling at us and we were like time to go time to go so we yeah. jump in our truck and we get out of there and we didn't say a word to each other um the whole drive home really until we almost got home and we were just like that was terrifying yeah that was terrifying okay so we get home and I decide maybe we should do some research on the area before we go next time. But we did some research and I'm looking through old newspaper articles and stuff online. And there was um, a story from about three years ago that a young man, he was a teenager. He was at that camp that I mentioned earlier for troubled teens. It's like a wilderness therapy camp. He had run away and he ran away and got got 
lost in the woods and there was a search party. They looked for him for about three weeks. He was gone for three weeks and they couldn't find him. And then after about three weeks, um, they discovered his body mm. in that creek, the creek that we had crossed and I had blacked out in. Yeah. Um, they found his body in that creek and he had only been dead for a couple of days at that point. Um, he was face down in the creek and his pelvis was completely crushed and they ruled that he died from drowning, but his pelvis was completely crushed, but he was not under a rock. He was not like under anything, but he had all these strange injuries to his body and they ruled it was a drowning, but the creek wasn't, you know, the creek wasn't two, three feet deep, yeah. um, but they found his body in that creek where I had that experience. And that just, I mean, that shocked me. I mean, that shocked me to my core. I was just like, oh my God, oh my God, you know? And so they ruled it as a drowning. And I was like, that kid died in that creek where I had that, I just blacked out, you know? And Joe wasn't there. I don't know if I would have made it out of that creek. Um, I don't know if I would have crossed the creek or if whatever that was, was going to keep me there. Right. Um, so I, that shook us. I mean, that was the, that was, crazy um so we decided let's get some cameras and do some more of this you know um it was scary but it was i i couldn't stop i mean i can't stop oh it's these things are real um what is happening is real and i've experienced a lot of these things and seen these things and i just i'm gonna go out there and i'm gonna i'm gonna find it whatever it is. I don't know what it is. I don't know what's going on. I don't know if it's paranormal. I don't know if it's supernatural. I don't know if it's a creature. I don't know if it's multiple creatures. I don't know what's happening, but something is happening in the woods. And if anybody figures it out, it'll probably be you. <laughs> if that can happen to you and you go back for more. Yeah, <laughs> you I know. Know. That's the thing is like, you know, living in New Orleans for so long, I just, I, things scare me. Yeah. Um, but I, my threshold for fear is pretty, pretty high at this point. Um, I've just, as long as you're prepared mentally, physically, and spiritually, I, I think that I think I can face it. You know, I think we can face it. And if not, I just hope that my SD card survives. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Let the story live on. I hope you find my camera and my SD card survives. So you know, while you were telling me about that first, you know, you know, the one that sealed the deal for you there. Uh, so many things. Like, I thought I figured out what was going on with you the, right off the bat. You know, you, like, you got out in the river and you couldn't go any further and you blacked out. I was like, oh, that's because evil spirits have a hard time crossing water and something's yeah. attached to her. You know, and then I was like, okay, so that's it. And then you go on. And I was like, well, maybe she got zapped. You know, that infrasound thing happened with, with Sasquatch. We started talking about seeing these stick structures, you know, these stick signs on the ground. And then you like rock started showing up. I was like, oh, that's easy. That's Bigfoot now. So I was wrong the first time. Now it's Bigfoot. And then you started seeing this know. white face and these flannel men. I'm like, what the hell's going on? <laughs> I know it's everything. And I'm just like, it, I, and it was like, it was everything. And it was, that was a turning point in my life. That yeah. was, um, that was probably one of the most pivotal days of my life, uh, because it was, I don't know. I don't know what happened. It, it changed everything though. It changed everything. Yeah, no doubt. That is, that's one of the most exciting stories I've heard in a long time. That's, 
That is freaky. Uh, okay, where to go from here? <laughs> two. Okay, two things. Uh, I know we've been on here almost an hour already. I'm sorry about that. Oh, that's fine. That's fine. Um, you said earlier that when you go out and you take all this gear, that you you bless your equipment, you bless your weapons and stuff like that. Yeah. Can you tell me how you do that? Like, I'm for my own self interest. I'd like to know what kind of blessings can you put on onto you know a weapon. You know, how can I bless this knife to you know? Um, like, I I have a I have when you do ritual magic generally um anybody who's been doing it uh there's no set formula to anything you do it's a very personal thing to do um when you perform ritual magic it is all self-created um so everything i do is things that i've kind of put together over the years and there's it's it's a process that i kind of develop personally so for you to do that i could give you kind of like a guideline but that's something you would have to develop on your own because whatever it is has to be something that touches you and yeah. speaks to you. Um, that way that if you are in that moment where you need that protection spiritually, you are able to go there. Um, you're not able to go there into where I go, you know, um, you have to go to your spot, you know, mentally. Yeah. Um, so it's, there's a base, you know, it, you can say, oh, light these three candles and do this and this, but it's um, it's a lot of intention and yeah, repetition yeah. and things like that. And, um, you know, and, and imbibing these items, these weapons, these tools, imbibing them with light and protection and trusting that these things will protect you um, physically and spiritually, if need be. So, uh, but like I said, it's a very personal thing to do that. And that's something you would have to develop uh, yourself. And anybody who does ritual magic could tell you that too, that, uh, you know, one person does something one way, one person does another way. Uh, but this is something I've developed over the years and, uh, you know, knock on wood, it, it's not <laughs> failed yet. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's, um, it's just something that I've developed over the years. Yeah. See, I was hoping I could get a cheat sheet, but it's you. You said the same thing that was in this book, and well, I've I've already I knew, but I, you know, <laughs> it's all about intent, right? You know, yeah, it's, it's where you're placing your your energy, and if if you do it the way you know Jake talks about, you know, the old Appalachian quote unquote magic, you know, mm -hmm. it, they still invoke the name of Jesus or the the Holy oh, yes. Trinity, you know, because mm -hmm. that's that's who stops baddies, you know? Yep. <laughs> and, so. uh, and, and, you know, and it's not just, um, you know, with Appalachian uh, witchery or uh, conjuring or anything like that. It's not just that. There are a lot of, um, you know, alter like alternative religions or practices or ritual magic or things like that that invoke Christian ideals or anything like that. I mean, there's lots of, like Santeria uses you know, elements of, uh, you know, West African and Christian and Catholic elements and stuff like that. I have a friend who's a Santorian priest and it's, it, it, there's so many parallels between voodoo and Santeria and the way that we do things in the mountains. Um, there's so many parallels because it's, it's an amalgamation of different beliefs and faiths and uh, rituals and practices and stuff like that, that all of those things 
have power and all of those things have meaning and a deep seated history. And they have, like I said, power behind them and um, evoking them brings that power and maybe it causes a spark in you or a spark in the universe. Um, but that's a, I mean, those are longstanding traditions and that's, it's, it's widespread, you know, it's yeah. a common thing. Yeah. Cause you know, I've, I've experienced a couple of little things like that before. Like uh, I burned myself to the point of, you know, I blistered my hand and I'm sure you know that you can, you can blow it away. Mm -hmm. You know, like, so I, I blew it away. You know, I, I said some certain thing three times and uh, in the name of the Holy Trinity, you know, all three times and it quit. It never burned. Like it never hurt. I had yeah. the blisters, but I never felt any kind of painful sensation yeah. at all. And uh, yeah. so, yeah, I, I was just hoping I could get something out of you about, you know. <laughs> There's I'll, no Cliff's notes. <laughs> <laughs> well, then uh, I only have one more because you scared me to death about something a minute ago. Uh, you talked about doing something that I absolutely refuse to do. Okay. Won't do it. Can't make me do it. It's spirit boards. Oh, okay. You, you get on Ouija boards and yeah. Okay. I, I've been, I've been doing that. I, like I said, since I was about 10 years old, I have been, um, I've been using spirit boards, uh, regularly, very regularly. Um, so it, it I, works for you. Yeah. Absolutely. And you, absolutely. And, and you close it like of you're course. not responsible yes. for 2020 or anything like that. No, no, I don't think so. I mean, I, <laughs> I can ask Zozo. No, uh, but no, uh, no, uh, you there's, I mean, there's a process you, you call upon, you know, you open it up, you close it. You, I mean, it's you, there is a process. Uh, you have to protect yourself. You have to do things responsibly. You have to do these things responsibly because they do hold power. Uh, you have to use these things responsibly. These are tools. Uh, these are tools in my toolkit of everything I do. And it's not just a Bigfoot thing or anything like that. I mean, it's everything. Everything's connected. And um, I, I don't think that these are separate issues. I think everything is connected. Um, everything in this world is connected. It's, I mean, you know, everything is interacting. Everything is connected. And I think that there's a common thread everywhere. So um, it's it's important that you do things the right way. You do things responsibly. Like I said, when you go in the woods, you need to have a personal locator beacon. You right. need to have a Garmin inReach Mini. That's what I carry. Um, and David Pilates will tell you that all day long. You get one of those. That's what you need before you go in the woods. I mean, it's, it's, you need to be responsible for yourself and everything you do. And whether that be spiritual practices or going hiking in the woods or anything you do, you are responsible for your own safety. And you're responsible for doing things in a safe and responsible manner and um, respecting the world around you and respecting um, what could happen and accepting the liability for what could happen and the risk that you take uh, when you do dangerous things like opening up spiritual doors or hiking into dangerous areas in the woods. Yeah. You are so brave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I don't even talk a big game when it comes to a Ouija board. I've had a, a couple of little experiences when I was younger and I'm like, hell no, no. Oh, I've had terrifying experiences. Uh, I've had terrifying experiences, but that was when I was, when I was very young, I had terrifying yeah. things happen, but I learned from it and I, you know, I moved on from there. I didn't let, I don't let anything scare me away. Um, I think that's a 
positive attribute of myself and a negative attribute of myself that I'm, I tend to be very gung-ho. Um, like my, my channel, it's called Hellbent Holler. Uh, that's because 10 or 12 years ago, I got hellbent on my knuckles. <laughs> nice. And it's just, I, I don't stop. I am a person who just, I won't stop. I just, I'm relentless and I'm hardheaded and I, I, there's no other way I can live. It's just who I am. I just can't help it. <laughs> yeah. But hey, it's working. It's working. And it's a lot of entertainment for me. You know, I, I, I love it. As long as you enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. Well, look, I said I have one more question and I, a lot. I have one last one I, because at about 45 minutes ago, I said, well, we'll, we'll get back to this one, you know, uh, Bigfoot, Sasquatch, you, I asked you what you think Dogman is. You nailed it in my opinion, but you know what, that's not worth anything, but you didn't hold back. And yeah. uh, so Bigfoot, you don't believe is an ape. I, I don't think it's some I don't think it's some undiscovered ape running through the woods. I don't think that at all. Um, if that was the reality, we would have had one years ago in a cage. Um, if it's some undiscovered ape that's eight or nine feet tall, just running through the woods, that's a dumb monkey. Yeah. My God, no, that we would have had one years ago. This is these things communicate. Um, these things have a language. Uh, you can listen to the Sierra sounds from Ron Moorhead. Yeah. They have a language. These are these are highly advanced beings. Um, I don't know what they are. Um, I don't think that anybody can sit here and tell you definitively it is this, this, or this. I don't think it's an ape. It could be an ape. I, the evidence is not pointing towards that. Um, the stories are not pointing towards that, um, but it could be. Uh, I don't know. We don't have a specimen. We don't have uh, one to study, but I think it is very short-sighted and I think it's very closed-minded to just assume that it's one thing, whether it be spiritual or not or whatever, and just that you have all the answers and that you've decided on this and that's what it is. It's, I think the question is so open-ended right now that you have so many witness accounts, you have so much evidence and, and contrary to other evidence you have so many other things that this could be an interdimensional being this could be a alien human hybridization program this could be um you know an offshoot of humans uh, when they did the dna studies they were finding human dna in a lot of these things i mean there's just the possibilities are are absolutely endless and i think it's important that people just collect the information and then, you know, like I say, observe and report. I mean, and if it doesn't fit your narrative, you're going to have to learn how to open your mind to things because these things are happening. These, these anomalous weird things, and you can call it woo. When you say woo, I think of somebody out in, out in the woods with crystals, you know, trying to call Bigfoot to them. I, I, that's a woo thing to me. That's right. fine. Do your crystal stuff. But like anybody who suggests that, oh, the woo-nessy or whatever it is, because supernatural things are happening i mean you're just completely denying reality if you and you're denying these people's experiences that are experiencing this this ruins a lot of people's lives some people are never the same and they don't choose that these these things happen to them and they don't choose that this happens to them and it ruins their lives yeah. and they will tell you their stories 
that they saw these lights, they saw this, they saw that, it spoke to them um, telepathically, and these people are completely destroyed. This is, you can't just write all of that off. Um, and it's, I, I think it's crazy. I think it's crazy to just write all this off. If you are willing to entertain the notion that there is an eight or nine foot tall monkey running through the woods, you're gonna have to entertain the notion that maybe there's something else we don't know about when it comes to this. Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you so much for that. Yeah, absolutely, man. Absolutely. Uh, you know, because you get people like Les Stroud, mm -hmm. you know, Survivor yeah. Man, talking about mind speak. Yeah. He has one of the biggest and best reputations out there. Absolutely. Know, as a naturalist. He's and, a solid, that's a solid dude. And yeah. he, he never has he ever mentioned anything supernatural or you know off the wall or anything like he doesn't mention anything like that in this history you know and then he's like i believe this is what's going on that's because yeah. he's been out he goes out there yeah. you know he goes out there and he has investigated this and has been in the areas he's been he's been close to them yeah. you know and you can't discount that you can't you can't sit at home and stay on forums and facebook and then <laughs> discount the experiences and the the reports and the thoughts of people who are out there in the woods. I'm sorry. You have no, you have no place to stand when it comes to that. You, you know, I just don't, I, I don't have tolerance for people who want to tell me this is not happening. And it's like, well, you don't go out. You know, you're not in the woods. You're not experiencing these things. You're not talking to these people. Right. Uh, you just have this set notion in your head of what this is. And maybe you're incorrect maybe i'm incorrect and that's okay i mean we're we're all just kind of stumbling through this and trying to figure out what this is yeah. and i i think that you know I, I think that it's i think that it's way beyond what any of us think it is i think it's beyond i think the phenomenon is it's i think it's more out there than anything i've mentioned anything beyond portals or anything like that i think the truth is is far beyond the reality. I mean, far beyond the the stories or the theories. I think the truth is, the truth is probably terrifying. I you know? agree. I agree. And you know, I still I still something off of Tim Renner when I when I talk to people like you know that are just dead set. This is a biological creature. You know about where do the where the footprints end. You know, yeah. you're in an open field and it just poof stops walking. Yeah. You know, just goes away. Absolutely. Where, where'd it go? And there's no answer for that. No. And, and, you know, the story of the woman who opened her door and there's one standing there yeah. and she fires a gun at it and it just disappears. It yep. disappears. Yeah. You know, I mean, these what do you what do you do with that? What do you I mean, there's it's something I mean. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of these class B encounters that, you know, you hear stuff, you don't see something, you hear something, something like that. Do we know that Sasquatch? Do we know that's. You know, you're just, a, you're going into the woods looking for Sasquatch. You might be assuming it's Sasquatch. I don't, is it some sort of like, you know, wilder, you know, Tim Renner, he talks about the wildergeist, you know, right. it's a poltergeist of the woods. I mean, we just don't, we don't know. And I, I think that's okay. Yeah. Um, I think it's, I think it's okay that there's a little mystery in the world. I think it's okay that we don't know everything. I think it's okay that, you know, there's, I think it's okay that we don't know everything, you know? And I think that's the fun of it, too. Yes, it is. It keeps us doing this, right? 
Yeah, I mean, it keeps, yeah, it keeps I mean, you I, in the woods. It keeps me talking to people about I'm it. I'm telling you, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade it for anything. Um, it's exciting. Uh, it's there is mystery. There's still mystery out there. Yeah, there is still we have we have little computers in our pockets, and we can look up any piece of information in the world. But I, I think there is so something so special and so necessary about there still being mystery out there. Hey there, believers. If you liked listening to Jesse's stories and accounts just as much as I liked talking to her about them, then do me a favor and go over to Wild and Weird Radio. Check out that podcast. They do an interview with Jesse. And yeah, I got there first. You know, I was the first show she was ever on in the history of ever. But they were there too. You know, they. But really it was about three hours later. <laughs> Uh, she did two shows in one day. It was her first and second episodes. But, you know, she has so much to go over that she gave new accounts for each one of us. You know, it, it was a great time talking to her. I love Joe and the guys over there on Wild and Weird Radio. Uh, we're actually planning to do something together soon. Uh, maybe we can bring Jesse and her husband Joe back on there and you know, we'll we'll all just sit around and talk about what good people we are. But go over there, check them out, and uh, just tell them that Bo sent you. All right, that's it for this week, guys. I hope you enjoyed listening to the show. If you just have to have more content, you can go to patreon.com slash thebumppodcast and subscribe and be a patron. Uh, got more and more content on there every week. So I hope you enjoy that. Uh, to catch up on past episodes, go to thebumppodcast.com, click the episode tab, and I'll take you to any episode you want to listen to. Also, if you want to be on the show, I would love to have you on. Share your story with us. Go to thebumppodcast.com. Click the holler at me button. And holler at me. Send me an email, thebumppodcast at gmail.com. And uh, I'll get you on as fast as we can. All right. Again, thanks for listening. I love you guys. Until next time, don't stop believing. <laughs>